Hello and welcome to EPR with your favorite environmental enthusiasts, Nick and Laura. On today's episode, we give our shout outs. Laura and I talk about our college experience and how our paths led us towards our respective careers. And we're happy to welcome our NAEP student chapter president, Tim Kenzie. And we talk to him about the winding path of his career, how people can get involved in the student chapter of NAEP, and his interest in permaculture. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Hit that music. And our shout-outs for today go to Dawn Edwards of Westervelt Ecological Services for her role in helping the conference come together. Dawn is the technical chair for the 2021 conference. Our schedule is now out and live, and we couldn't have done it without her help. We are really going to have a great conference this year, and we wouldn't be able to do it without Dawn. So thank you again. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get to the next segment. Yeah, just like... I didn't go to school till I was in my late 20s, so I didn't do any extracurricular stuff. You didn't go to college until you were in your late 20s? I did my first two years of school in my AA for photography and design right after <laughs> high school. Really? That's awesome. <laughs> but I didn't go back to school for biology till I was 28. Wow. I didn't know that. I had no idea. Or did I graduate? I graduated when I was 28. So Okay. Yeah. That's funny. Like, or something. Yeah. My career, I actually, I remember like, Going to college, I wasn't ready to go to college. I just did it because that's what I was supposed to do. Right. And I was like, I'm a smart kid. And they, they were like, oh, you're really smart. You're good at math and you should be an engineer. You know, I didn't have the presence of mind to say, I hate math. Uh, no, thank you. Right. <laughs> um, so it took me a year to figure that out. And, uh, you know, I, I was, I wasn't even say I wouldn't say I was busy having fun. I was just busy being a kid, you know, and I didn't, yeah. I didn't care at all about what I was doing for the first year and a half I was there. And, uh. Like I don't have to, <laughs> all I have to do to learn something is just read it. And it's just in my brain. And it's a really lucky gift that I have. Right. So I don't have it to try. It is from someone who can't remember a darn thing. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> right. And I don't have to try really hard to remember stuff. It's just, it's just, you know, if I read it, I got it. And, you know, like math is a little harder because I have to think through things and there's only one right answer, which I hate, you know, as somebody <laughs> yeah, who likes the, you know, the, to work in the gray, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I was also really hard math. But I was, see, I was still good at it. I just really didn't like it. Like, you know, like, like I say, I don't think I ever got anything. Like, I just, I, that was the only thing that challenged me in school and I could still figure it out. And so when I got to college, I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't have to do anything. I can just, you know, wing it. And you do have to show up. That is actually, <laughs> you do have to, I have to actually read to understand, you know, and I was doing things like I, <laughs> I took a genetics course without buying the book because I didn't. <laughs> I didn't have any money, honestly. I was that poor. I was just like, well, I can't afford I'm the book. At you. So that's hilarious. Isn't that funny? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but you know, I got a C in the class, you know, which never would have happened if I'd had the book. And it's just a crazy, weird thing, you know. And so I don't know, like I wish I'd taken some time off. I probably should have done that. And I didn't. But I made my I made my way through it. I uh, I graduated with the psychology degree. And I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go to grad school and do biology. And so I went in in 2007 and then I came out in 09, you know, right oh, in nice. the middle. It was, <laughs> um, yeah. That financial <laughs> crash, the great recession, you know, and uh, actually, yeah. So my timeline with that was like, I had gotten the job, my job in 2005. And then I was actually mm-hmm. had papers to be laid off in 2008 because oh, um, wow. I was uh, last person in first person out. 
Right. Of course. So, yeah. Yeah. I got the job. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but now the whole agency is all when I, when I did retire 10 years later, like new faces finally started to come in lots yeah. of young people. And now they're at the point where I've been talking to them recently and it's all most of the names I don't really know, or it's like so-and-so left yeah. and so-and-so left and these yeah. people are retiring. And so pretty soon it'll be a whole entirely new set of people. But, right. um, you know, I love this conversation though, because most young people think they still just don't know that you don't have to know yeah, and that it's okay that if you're exploring and still figuring out and it doesn't matter if you do your first two years and something that you don't actually get into. Right. Yeah. You can figure it out. It'll happen. It'll be okay. And it's nothing to be embarrassed about no. or you don't have to feel like a failure if it didn't work out. You know, it's like get yourself around people who will support you and help you figure it out. And that's what NAP is for. So yeah. I'm really excited to talk to Tim today and hear about his experiences. For sure. Yeah. And I think it's just, yeah, it's, it's nice to have that mentality that, you know, a lot of planning goes into everything we do. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you get lucky or you get interested in something you never thought would happen. And, you know, that's kind of life works like that, right? Where you just kind of see new things and you're like, oh, this is the path I want to go down. I mean, if I'm being totally honest, I didn't even know what NEPA was when I took the job, my first job. And uh, <laughs> I was aware, but I didn't really know how it worked or anything like that. I went to grad school for like wildlife biology and uh, right. I took the job because I needed a job and it ended up being something that's really fun for me and really challenging for me, you know, because it's different every time, which is great. And I need that. But yeah, it's totally, you know, circumstantial. If I if there wasn't the, the, the crisis, that the Great Recession... I probably wouldn't have taken that job. I'd probably be doing something more outdoors and more on that, the wildlife biology side of things. But who knows, you know, it just kind of worked out for me and I'm really, really happy with it now. Right. There's some alternative universe where you're out there doing (laughs) biology. Still picking up box turtles. And you're like, this is the best life. I'm so glad this worked out this way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Saying the same thing. And that, yep. that's the point, you know, like there's not one path for anyone, anyone, you know, like, and there's people, like you said, you went back to the school. You're like, this is what I want to do now. Oh, total 180. I, I mean, I yeah. went from photography design. I took natural resources for non-degree seeking students and I didn't pass. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I had to start all over. Yeah. And, you, you know, yeah. I also, you mentioned that you didn't even know what NEPA was. Oh my God. I didn't know what NEPA was until I got involved with NAEP because oh, in Florida, okay. we don't yeah, speak yeah. in terms of that. Our yeah. delegations are different. So, yeah. and I wasn't in permitting. And I don't even think our permitting, like I've never, unless you're in transportation, maybe, but in the regulatory space that I was in at the county level, we weren't talking about NEPAs and in that kind of, we were doing wetlands assessments and EISs and, but I had not really gotten exposed to the term NEPA. So that would be a conversation maybe for another day. We can explain what that is to the youngsters out there who probably don't even know. <laughs> I know. Um, we maybe do need some to adults like myself. Yeah. Because, you know, we just take it for granted, especially when you're working in that space. Yeah, for sure. It's just something everyone knows, but really until you cross the path where you need to know it, you might not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and like, you know, the wildlife biology world doesn't really revolve around it, NEPA at all. You know, like what you're doing I mean, in some ways it can cross, you know, paths for sure. Like when you're talking about Section 7 consultation, you know, with Fish and Wildlife, with the, uh, you know, Threatened Endangered Species Act. But like, there's not a lot of, uh, or the Endangered Species Act. Wow. There's not a lot of, like when, when I was learning in school, I actually think this is something that has been changing over time. But when I was in school learning about what I would be doing, it taught me a lot about the science of things, which was really interesting for me and really fun. 
it did not teach me hardly anything about the working world, you know, and not just how you make money in the field, but how it actually works. And, you know, I could have taken a few more environmental policy classes, which probably would have helped me, but I didn't have to. Like the ones I wanted to take were all ecology and population dynamics and that kind of stuff. So it was different. And yeah, I think there's, I think NC State, for example, where I am, they're actually requiring their graduates of their their natural resources programs to intern at companies that do environmental work. And that's really smart. It's a really intelligent thing that they're doing because it gives them that real world experience to kind of see how it works in them and on the practical side. Yeah. I think anybody who wants to do that type of work should definitely be looking for internships because a lot of times once they graduate, it's hard to get that entry-level experience in regulations without having done an internship. Yeah. yeah. But it's possible. I mean, if you're listening, it possible. it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. you know, one thing we want to keep going is, is make sure that our young professionals that are listening are feeling positive and motivated and right. understand that there are options out there and there are ways to to get plugged in and to learn and to fill that gap. We've all been there. So 100%. Um, yeah. So let's talk to Tim and see what he thinks. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm sure he'll have some fun stuff to share. All right. Super excited to introduce today's guest with Tim Kenzia. He is our student NAAP chapter president, and I'm going to let him tell us a little bit about who he is. But welcome, Tim. Great to have you here today. Hey, thanks, Laura. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I am a NAAP student chapter president for American Public University been the president of this student chapter for a couple of years now. So I've really gotten to know NAP from my perspective, at least pretty well. It's been good, clearly. So I'm keep doing it. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, I'm glad they don't give me the poot. <laughs> I'm still a student. So, you know, yeah. keeps me engaged. It's good. It makes me feel like I'm in a bigger sort of a sphere than just school. Awesome. It's about me. I I live in Connecticut. I'm working full time, going to school part time, have a family part time. Well, full time, but (laughs) you know, I'm a busy guy. But but it's good. I fit everything in. Um, We'll ask your wife if you're part time or full time. Yeah, right, right, right. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not asleep. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Totally fair. That is a lot of stuff to handle. You had a really unique start to your environmental career. How'd you get started and interested in doing that? So I was going to military school out of high school and, mm-hmm. you know, I was into that sort of field and I was, you know, had my career built around that and getting into it and getting more in depth about what was involved and the risks. I'm, I backed out. Yeah. And I was lucky. I, I was able to, you know, receive a discharge and not have to go into mandatory service yeah. or anything. Knowing, I mean, knowing you, I find that I was really surprised by that. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what everybody says. I'm like, yeah, I was definitely I was doing military training, got to, you know, yeah. handle a machine gun. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Was, uh, yeah, really intense, though. So I got out and, you know, I was like, oh, man, now what? Right. You know, I didn't have that planned. Just, yeah. uh, <laughs> I spent about a year finding myself, sort of. And I found this environmental program in Colorado. Colorado Mountain College, Leadville, Colorado, which is the highest town in the state of Colorado. Oh, wow. And really in all the U.S. I think there may be a town in Alaska that's higher, but... Really? I I didn't know that. That's really neat. It's 10,000 feet. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. 
So you go, you have your ear pops several times on the ride up. So I, yeah, I started my environmental career there basically. And as a associate's degree program and got a lot of field work out and uh, super fun sites because of historic mining. So I got to see mine closures and toxic waste dumps and red ponds that were just like stay back, touch it with a stick from far <laughs> right, away. Right, and the, <laughs> like, and the stick melts, you know. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. like we we measure, we take pH readings, and they were like two. Yeah. <laughs> like, right, oh my gosh. Away. All right. Wow. So that's how I got my start. And then when I finished the degree, it had an association. I'm like, all right, cool. I can get my foot in the field. Uh, moved to Connecticut about six years ago, and you know, I've had a lot of different jobs since. Several have been environmental, energy like energy efficiency, mostly home energy audits, moving into commercial buildings and stuff too. It was pretty cool. I'd say that's how I got, that's the bulk of my experience. Currently, I'm actually an equipment technician for a rental company and rent environmental equipment. I do the work on the equipment. Yeah. How much do you have left for your school? Got a year left, basically. A little less, hopefully. I think I'll be done at the end of 2021. Right. (laughs) That was awesome. And so yeah, all the different experiences you've had and stuff, do you have a little bit better feel for what you'd like to do? Yeah. I also feel like I, I feel confident that I can do a lot of stuff. I get the job and I'm hired. I'm, I, I can do it. I think. So I built a lot of confidence. I've, yeah. I had a job that sort of touched into planning a lot because we're okay. working with towns and I really love doing that work. You know, not just because you get to in, talk to all these town officials and work on plans, which is cool. But I just like the thought process of it and decision-making. Yeah. It feels a little, a little powerful. I don't know. Not powerful because they have to say yes and they can do whatever they want. With <laughs> yeah, it. Right, right, like, right. Heard a lot about plans that are just plans for nothing because no one picks them up and does anything with it since. But <laughs> right, right. It's, that's fun work. So I've yeah, really been interested in NEPA. I kind of got introduced to it because of this NAP organization. And, you know, as I've learned more and attended conferences, I'm like, oh, wow, that's like what I'm kind of thinking about here is like this integrated sort of decision making. Yeah, that's great. Nick and I were just talking about that, how, yeah, you know, people don't really learn NEPA in school necessarily, but you might come across at some point in your career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to take really specific courses for it. So at least back when we were in college, um, uh, you know, 100 years ago, because we're older yeah. now, but uh, <laughs> But now that you have that interest, NAP is a great place to be. Um, (laughs) So I know that if you've done all those different jobs and stuff, you must have something hilarious. We'd like to talk about funny things that happened to us in the field. So do you have a story? Yeah. The first one that really came to my mind was I worked as a park ranger for a few months at a beach. Just awesome. Yeah. 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 That's my job. That must have been tough. Yeah. On patrol. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so one time there was just, you know, a a missing person alert, you know, which is serious. So I was like, all right, boots to the ground. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go, go out and look, find this person. And they're like, all right, this is where we last knew. So I drive out there, you know, rush basically like full speed, get there. And the guy's just at the end of the pier. He's fishing. (laughs) He's like, oh, wait, people are looking for me. Oh, that. Wow. He's happy though. He had caught some fish and he yeah, was just right. ready to go. And I, you know, they were looking for him. So I gave him a ride back. <laughs> we were in a rush. Oh, that's he was, he was having a great day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, you know. yeah. he found out people cared about him too. So that's a, you know, he wins both ways. 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm sure he likes that story too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I bet. And gosh, you have like all these different jobs you talked about. You had, would you say like your toughest one would be selling solar? Um, yes. To, to retail. Yeah. So why was that difficult? And how'd you? Oh, manage? man. I'm not exactly the most outgoing person. I mean, they probably come across that way through online media and stuff, but I'm definitely like a shy sort of person when in a group. And this job required me to go straight up and talk to people, right? you know, in a store, never met them before. It wasn't even right. the town I'm in. So I was like more nervous actually to see people I knew after I got into it a while. But, <laughs> yeah. So like I was basically pitching solar to people. I was working for a solar company and they wanted to book sales appointments. So I just had to chat it up and, you know, get people to agree like, Hey, yeah, we'll do a meeting this time, this day. And that, that was the toughest part was that every single day I had to do it. You know, <laughs> right. the first right. couple of weeks I'm like, all right, cool. And then I'm like, oh man, it's like definitely, uh, I, and I know you guys talked about it in another podcast about how like social interactions can wear you down. Yeah. <laughs> and it yeah. was, it was uh, wearing me down, but you know, I guess fortunately the company laid us all off. So. <laughs> I don't hear those words together very often. (laughs) Yeah. But well, yeah, the stress was over, at least in one way. (laughs) Yeah, right. Fortunately, they gave me the boot and I was free and clear. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Right. But now, you know, like that's something you've learned that you don't want to do that, you know? No, no. Right. Exactly. And, you know, on the plus, I'm not as nervous to approach somebody about sales, you know, if that ever comes up in another job can yeah. do sales. That, Cause that's, there's nothing harder than that. It's cold open, just, Hey, how you doing? Give me your money. You know, that's the hardest thing to do. So. Yeah, right? exactly. And it's definitely a lot of pushback. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. We were talking earlier and you mentioned that you were into permaculture, which is really cool. And also another thing that not everybody's really super familiar with what that is. So, you know, how did you get into that? What do you love about it? Well, I guess, what I love about permaculture is being outside and working with my hands and getting yeah. in the dirt. And I love composting. I did that as a, hmm. as a capstone project for that associate's degree. So it's right. like, you know, getting into the natural systems. And I think permaculture is like, it's technically called a design sort of system. Mm-hmm. And it's a style of design kind of for your outdoor landscaping, but it even goes beyond that. I'm not considering myself a permaculture expert at this point, but picked up a few articles and YouTube videos, how to's. <laughs> um, yeah. And what I love about it is everything in a way is based around yourself. It's not totally selfish, but it's like, <laughs> instead of planting like just like a hedge or whatever, you're going to plant a berry bush. So right. You, you can get, it's kind of just trying to, it's very much about self-sufficiency, which I think, Actually, the permaculture school sent out a, a thing saying that self-sufficiency Google searches went up 4,000% this last oh, year. Oh, gosh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gosh, that's so true. Just, of, yeah. like, oh, people are running out of toilet paper. <laughs> right, 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 right. What do we do when the world ends? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? Yeah. Nice. Like, I've been waiting for this all my life. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> do yeah. you do that in Connecticut? Yeah. I mean, so I have a house and in my yard, I'm doing it. I'm yeah. not expanded out into uh, other people's yards yet. 
Neat. Be interested in that if anyone. <laughs> your neighbor's like, what are you doing <laughs> yeah, over here? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Like, hey, why didn't you rake your leaves this fall? It's like, I'm waiting yeah. for spring. I'm trying to leach the nutrients. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> You're trying to what? <laughs> oh, that's well, so, so, I mean, you know, the leaves will have nutrients still in them and you let them decay. Yeah. And actually, the fungal network will eat them up too. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kind so of I need to. System. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually mm-hmm. had this neighbor one time who was an older guy couple. And like, I had, it wasn't anything like permaculture. It just was this natural area I had in the middle of my backyard for bunnies and whatnot. And he would, oh my, every chance he had, he was over the fence yelling at me to mow. <laughs> so I, I hope know. you have neighbors that allow you to do that in peace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They don't tell me to my face. It's <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's yeah. stressful. <laughs> right. But you have been in the student. So we met like from the student chapter through the, I think the conference Maybe the year before last was the first time I actually met you in person because it wasn't last year in person. So it must have been the year before. Right, exactly. (laughs) That was the first conference I went to, too. So Yeah. Yeah. And that year, the students were doing like a group presentation thing or something. So I'm just curious. And I would like for people listening, especially young persons, to know like what it is the student chapter offers and all that. So, you know, if you could just share your experience with that student chapter and, you know, how you got involved, how someone else can get involved and then the sort of stuff that you guys do. Oh, okay. Sure. I guess to start, there's like this webinar series that NAEP and APU have been putting on for, I think, at least seven years or something. It's been an ongoing thing. And so we get, as students, we get blasts about it every now and then when they're coming up. And I I saw one that was like, actually about like getting your foot in the door for the environmental profession, which like, yeah, sure. That's my question. And you know, after attending the webinar, asking some more questions, they're like, oh, why don't you just come to a chapter meeting? Sure. So I showed yeah. up and they're like, uh, <laughs> all right, you know, here's how you get in. I'm like, all right, I'm interested. You know, I'm interested yeah. in like networking. I kind of started to learn the value of that a little bit before. And, you know, more importantly, that's what they said was the key to getting your foot in the door. So I'm like, all right, yep. <laughs> I got to do it. So yeah. they're saying, they're telling me to yeah. do it. That's what I want to do. So <laughs> just do it. Um, and then in addition, they're like, and we need officers. And they're like, oh, what position? Do <laughs> you want to be president? <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. Sure. You're shy and an introvert. You want to be the leader of this thing? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. So it's like all of a sudden I had to put on meetings and come up with agendas and try to keep people on track during the meeting, which still is something I don't do <laughs> four years later. So. <laughs> Not. It's okay. I've worked with many of very experienced leaders who can't do that either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a dedicated group. So, I mean, like it's, yeah, it's definitely not just me in the chapter and I do appreciate all my other members and uh, I've got this year, I've, I'm sort of blessed to have three other officers who are helping me run things. So nice. yeah. I was doing that on my own for a year or two. And I guess to circle back to the main point though. So I got started working towards this group project just sort of out of interest in trying to create some kind of a research paper, actually. We'd been encouraged by the NAP, what was it? Because it's not a current journal anymore, but the environmental practice. Yeah, practice. Yeah. yeah. So they were asking for articles and stuff. And sure. so we're, you know, we're a school group where we've got a lot of graduate students. So I actually did a poll as soon as I started, like, what are you guys interested in? There was two things they want to meet professionals and learn about their careers and they want to work on a project. So I'm like, all right, start recruiting professionals to come in, talk about their careers. And then we met for months and months trying to come up with a project idea. 
like develop, like, you know, it's like, all right, what are we all interested in? Sure. We talk about our interests for a whole meeting. Right. Right. <laughs> and then we're like, all right, so what was some common points? And like, you know, just sort of like, I guess, so I don't know if you'd call it like a pyramid or we're just kind of building on each other and finding these common threads. And like, you know, yeah. it came down to just like this sort of group consensus. We're all interested in resiliency. And then yeah. generally we had to focus it. And I'm like, how about the coast? And they're like, all right, we can do the coast. So we did coastal resiliency. <laughs> there are a lot of options. Hey, There's so there many you things go. you could yeah. choose, but That's yeah, great. right. It's a good topic. Still like, you know, it's eventually it's like, you just have to call it and say, all right, right. this is what yeah. we're going to do. And then, you know, looking into coastal resiliency a little bit more, there's a lot of recent work towards green infrastructure, big federal projects, a lot of recent academic work. And then plus all this, all the other people working with me were like, yeah, we're into that too. So as long as everybody agreed, we worked together, uh, green infrastructure came down to whittling down to living shorelines specifically. So that's like green infrastructure for coastal wetlands kind of. Um, yeah, It's a system put in place at a coastal marsh or wetland sorts to prevent erosion, basically. If erosion wasn't a problem, they wouldn't need to do the living shoreline. In some cases, there's no wetland at all. The wetlands degraded like 70% on the East Coast, something like that. So, you know, where there was a wetland, it's either wetland restoration or wetland creation in in these points. And the living shoreline basically is just putting in the wetland grasses planting them in place and then putting some sort of wave break to stop the waves from washing away your new seedlings. And then once it establishes, it builds itself up, captures sediment from the coast. And, you know, the more developed and the bigger it gets, the more protection it provides. And, you know, states like North Carolina, I think maybe Virginia are starting to outlaw, you know, hard structural protections. And they're really just focusing towards doing this green infrastructure because where a gray, the gray infrastructure, the structures kind of degrades the ecosystem value, you know, yeah. wash away the shore. It'll, it won't capture sediment. It'll let it wash away. It'll deflect the waves. It actually, sure. you install yeah. a, a seawall and your at your property, your neighbor's going to get the deflection. Their property's right. going to erode. It's kind right. of, uh, so I think that's why the government's really stepping in to kind of mandate in a way, this softer protection because there's so many externalities with it. You know, yeah. it's like you might get the protection value of a seawall, but you're making the ecosystem a little bit worse and you're, you're, you know, harming your neighbors in a way too. Yeah. So that's, I think that's why I think it's fair that they're making this mandate, you know, and then just to kind of circle back. So we, this top, you know, living shorelines has been a developing topic for at least since early nineties. And they've been talking about similar concepts since the seventies, at least. But in recent years, it's taken off because of the increased uh, government attention towards it. U.S. Army Corps of Engineers just did a nationwide permit for it. So we were looking into monitoring systems for living shorelines. So like establishing statewide kind of monitoring systems through remote sensing, move it efficiently. And we did a couple other topics too, like, you know, we had like 15 people originally. We aren't all going to be able to work together. You know, we do as best we can, but we did split <laughs> yeah. it up. We split off yeah. and, and it went on six separate tracks. And so in the end, our group developed six separate presentations for the NAB conference. Yeah. Um, you know, for yeah. you, was it a fun experience to present at the conference or? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I loved actually presenting at the conference. Yeah. Um, 
after doing all the work to do everything else, the presentation was like, yeah, finally. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> yeah. To do it. And yeah, I mean, like, I do say I'm shy, but I'm also not nervous about public speaking. It's a little different because they already know I'm going to talk. <laughs> and everyone right. there knows what the presentation is. So they all agreed to this. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so it feels a lot different. Yeah. Awesome. That's All right. Well, it's been awesome having you here today and talk to us about the chapter and yourself. Nick, do you have any other questions for Tim? No, I think maybe it's just, is there anything else you want to tell listeners about what you're doing or where they can, how they can connect with you? Uh, sure. Yeah. So we have a chapter website. It's N, or it's APUSNAEP.wordpress or .com. Yeah, that's it. www.apus.com. We'll put it in the details so you won't have to. Yeah. Get off your Let's treadmill see. and write that down right now. <laughs> Alpha. Yeah. All right. And, you know, I'm on LinkedIn as well. So you can connect with me there. If you connect with our, our chapter, like I said, we're trying to bring in professionals to talk to us about your careers. Everyone is still interested in that. It's always a need. So we're accepting volunteers. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone fantastic. who'd like to come on down. You and Laura, Nick and Laura, you guys can come too if you like. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, um, I'd be honored to do that. Yeah. And then, I guess that's really all I have to say to wrap it up, right? Yeah, well, that's been perfect. You've been awesome. We really do appreciate you coming on. And it's been really fun to hear your stories. So yeah. thank you. For really appreciate all you're doing for the student chapter. It's um, sure. great that you took up the helm to do that the last couple of years and still doing it. So thanks so much. Thanks, Chris. It's been a lot of fun. NAP team. All right. <laughs> Glad to be with you guys. Like, it's really great. Lifts yeah. me up, actually. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, when, Tim. When, when we're allowed to, to go outside, for sure. <laughs> yeah right yeah soon hopefully all right yep see you Tim. bye guys bye and that's our show i want to give a huge shout out to tim for coming on it was really great to hear from him and you know please do check out the naap junior chapter and like i say thank you guys for listening in please be sure to subscribe rate and review and we'll catch you next week see you next time <laughs>